lifepodcasts.fm. This podcast is a Prime Media Broadcasting production. People are reshaping the mindset of the masses. Africa State of Mind. So the thing that kept running through my mind as I prepared for the interview with my guest on today's episode of Africa State of Mind was whether or not I'd be able to accurately capture all the amazing work that she has done. So she's 25 and her resume reads like that of somebody perhaps double her age, if not more. And it's just a reflection of how hard she really does work. I've been privileged enough to see her work hard close up and to know that all the inspiration that you may get from a distance is truly who it is that she is. She's the quintessential young African lady and speaks to what is possible if you set your mind to it. She has a degree in business and a master's in music. She interned at Rock Nation, owns her own label, um, Red Velvet Music Group. She has a foundation where she currently puts, she's currently putting 10 students through the University of Lagos, mm. otherwise known as Unilag if we're from Nigeria. <laughs> she ha- she's now a multiple brand ambassador and has lucrative deals with people like Pepsi, Samsung, I believe. We'll talk a bit about that. And also a very interesting deal with Maybelline and I'm sure we're counting a whole lot more deals yeah, where that's concerned. Some, some to <laughs> speak about as well. Yeah. She's a DJ that's branched out into being an artist. She's worked worked with the Nigerian Tourism Ministry as an ambassador of sorts. We'll talk about that too. And she also has worked with the Commonwealth um, in the United Kingdom. I just found out that she sits on the same board as uh, Amina, the former president of Mauritius. So we'll get into that. She's an executive producer. Her show, Capi Takes Africa, did really well as she traveled around the continent. She also owns her own party series, Cactus on the Roof, as well as being a musician. I think that's about all in wow. summary. The best, the best thing about her is her ability to make people feel good about themselves Aww. just by being present. Present, sorry. <laughs> She's one of the hardest working people in the entertainment slash music industry and definitely God's favorite child. Oh, and did I mention that her favorite food is Amala? If you have not already guessed, I'm of course talking about, I'm going to try to say your Nigerian name, see if okay, I've not lost my Okay, let's go, let's go. Florence Ifiolua. Mm-hmm. Yes, yay! DJ Cuffy, welcome! I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Can I just say that is, I, I'm, I kid you not, that is the best introduction I have ever yay. heard. You captured my life in a bubble <laughs> and you actually made me reflect on yeah. some of the things I've done. Like I forgot. Yeah. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be speaking to you. I feel like, you know, because um, we know each other. Of course. You know, full disclosure. And I always <laughs> tell people that, you know what, the thing about Kapi is that she's so multi-layered. She does so many things and people just never get to fully understand of that. Of course. So I hope more than anything, people are going to be so much more inspired by Absolutely. your Absolutely. And it's platforms like this, you know, l- thank you for having me, Leslie, that allow people to see me away from the decks and see how much depth there is you know i think yeah it's good we acknowledge you know i have to say i i thank you for all the support you've Mm. given me a lot of those things we mentioned you know you advised me on (laughs) and you know you've been a big part so thank you so much and i feel like also you know as an african woman trying to break barriers you're an amazing example and you know i can only hope that more people you spoke about how hardworking i am and I like just like you we try and use our stories to inspire yeah. others. Mm-hmm. So um you know let's break it down and get into the the story really. Definitely. Oof. So I want to take it right back. I'm actually feeling pseudo emotional for some reason. <laughs> That's so weird. So to keep so we start crying. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> So let's let's talk about just your upbringing. You were actually born in Lagos and yes. then moved to the UK. Yes. But you left at the age of 12, which I a did. lot of people don't know. They yes. think that you were like a flyaway baby. No. <laughs> so, you know, it's very interesting so yes i i consider myself a full nigerian now 
what has been pinnacle to my brand is the fact that I'm international, yeah. which is a great thing. But really, my upcoming and my roots are Nigerian. And mm. when anyone asks, why is Kapi so hardworking? I really think that's the it's ethos a Niger of it. Thing. Yeah. I grew up seeing my dad wake up at 5 a.m., go mm. to the office, and he still does that to this day. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in a very entrepreneurial environment. Mm. And, you know, when you move at 12, you're most certainly not fully developed, but you've soaked in the essentials, you know? Yeah. And Lagos is, you know, Leslie. Yeah. <laughs> Lagos is a city like no other. It literally creates this hustle spirit in you. Lagos is survival of the yeah, fittest. Exactly. So yeah. from a very young age, you know, whether it's school, interacting with others in your network, you have to be tough. Yeah. And I'm really appreciative and I would do the same with my children in the future when I have some. <laughs> um, that it's important to really soak in your culture. Yeah. I think there's, you know, again, you're not from Nigeria, but you understand Nigerians, yes. which puts you in a very unique position. Yes. And yes, there's a lot of things that Nigerians do wrong, but there's a lot of things we do right. Mm -hmm. And I think we raise our children well, most of the time. Yes. And our core values are amazing because Nigerians are some of the hardest working people Definitely. in the world. Yeah. No, that is true. I mean, and what you said about Nigeria, I wasn't even going to go on this path about how people have been raised well. I do love all of my Nigerian friends and people that I'm in touch with consistently motivate me because you guys just don't stop. It's kind of like, and more than anything, um, I also think that there's this, you know, when you said about being, you know, Nigerian, like to the core, to the core, obviously. Yes. I think that one thing that Nigeria does really well that the rest of the continent can learn from is just really pride in being where it is that you're from, regardless. Absolutely. You know? Do you, would you say, Leslie, that we do that better than anyone else on the continent? Better than anyone else on the continent? Nigerians, in terms of that, I feel you're similar to Americans in that regard. And, okay, that's great, but it's also a little bit annoying. Listen, yeah. we're allowed to say that I'm Nigerian. <laughs> Everywhere you go must be Niger, Niger, Niger. Uh -huh. Niger food. I'm oh, my God. Like, we can't, it's like we don't want to adapt, you know. <laughs> we take over our space, yeah. you know, which is great. But I also am putting myself in a situation, hence I travel the world. I also feel the need to bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. And, you know, off air we were talking about, you know, how it's really about the Cuppy brand being the right brand as one of those tastemakers that can fuse, basically, Everything. you know, this whole Africa to the world thing we talk about, it's great saying that, but you're sitting at home, not doing anything. Just posting a hashtag. Yeah, and you're just sitting in your country. We also mm. have a duty and a responsibility to take our cultures across so they mm. know about them and to be ambassadors of our continent. Mm. You know, let's let's even, like, you, you know, I'm going to do a bit of a rewind. I, before I met you, um, back in the day, it was so interesting, the reputation you had. Oh I've God. never spoken to you about this before. But it was like, oh, oh, there's, you know, Leslie. And Leslie is so, oh, she does things like in a really annoyingly proper way. <laughs> the Nigerians used to complain, oh, oh, Leslie, you have to email her. You have to do everything through Leslie. Oh, Leslie wants to do a final check. Oh, no, no, no. Leslie isn't just going to make it happen. Leslie has to do <laughs> due diligence. So you were really like someone that oh my God. decided to do things the yeah. right way. And I think that was quite new to mm -hmm. the industry. And I think that that is something that, people have now adapted mm. but you know what it was like doing business Just, in nigeria yeah. it was it was cowboy really, i mean you literally was like cowboy you had to adapt but you also had to be able to kind of like 
make sure that you kept you know like what you said yeah about put your foot the, down sometimes yeah, put your foot down which sometimes. people weren't happy about right Listen, people weren't happy about it but i think in retrospect the good thing it was it was that everybody kind of knew that i had everyone's best interest at heart so it was never a case of this person is more than another it was just a case of she's just extra yeah know? But that's the thing. So I think that, you know, structure is a big thing, despite the hardworking yeah. bit. Structure is a big thing that I think we struggle with mm. as Nigerians. And me being Nigerian, I've decided to actually, I'm going to be a good example. Mm. I'm going to go global and give Nigerians a good reputation that we can do business. Mm. We can be straightforward. There's no stereotype that should live forever on. I agree. We can yeah. fight it. Now, Leslie, are my peers doing the same? I don't know because I still hear crazy stories about, Mm. you know, artists letting, letting us down, going Mm. to represent us in an international platform. Mm. They're showing up late. They're not getting their things together. Mm. You know, they're being unprofessional and it, it it breaks my heart because Mm. that also stops other people getting an opportunity. I mean, you've been in that position where you've Mm. had to book talent for very big platforms. Sometimes, do you not get disincentivized to help someone if of course i mean if, i think from the from that perspective i would always feel that I would give everybody a chance. But if you repeatedly kept letting us down, I just low-key would be like, okay, we can't actually work with them. Because they're gonna, yeah, because they're going to they're gonna hamper the entire show or the entire production. And it's on you. It's, it's on me at the end of the day. So so now, Kapi, you have like a... a you, so you have an all-female team that works yes, with you. Yes, woo! I'm so proud of that. Yeah. All-female team. It, so was that, was that on purpose? Was it, was it um, something that just happened? It actually wasn't really on purpose. So... Um, I had, I started off with other people and then I met Liz like seven years ago. And then you were actually there the day I met Mishu oh, in New York. Yes, yes. Well, not, not the day I met the, her, that, but the, that period. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Liz manages me in the UK, Mishu manages, managed me in the US. And then Marge, my new sort of Nigerian African manager, mm. um, is a female. So, you know, it's not on purpose, but it's very much, and then someone else was like, oh, how come you have only, you know, black females working for you? Cause if you come to my right. office, it's mm. very, you know, it's like, I call it positive discrimination mm. because for me, as a young black woman myself, as an entrepreneur, I have seen the blockages we get. Mm. Even Leslie, like you won't believe. I mean, you saw my grant, my my brand grow. Mm. I still go to performances, and they're still telling me, "Oh, are you sure you know how to DJ? Do you want a guy to come and help you?" Gender inequality is a big thing, mm. and it doesn't change with success. And mm. it really upsets me when women think it's gonna go away. Mm. You have to just learn to always always push i don't sit down and complain about it i just accept the fact that it's something that it's something that exists and i surround myself with people that empower me and Mm -hmm. people like myself empower me i love having a young team i love having a team that are also building their own ideas have their own ambitions you know and um it's so funny because a couple of I've had really interesting meetings with big label people. You know when you get to that I'm stage, I'm sure you've been artist, getting offers. With I have been getting that. offers, yeah. and you know a lot of people have said, "Well, with the team, you, I'll be honest. You know, you're my big sis. Mm. Oh, with the team you have, you know, you're never going to be able to go to the level you could go to because their argument is you need, you know, those key guys that have been at it for years. Um, you know, maybe the guys in the offices." 
um, who tend to be, you know, sort of white old men. And I definitely, I've always been someone to beat to my own drum. I feel like already what the copy brand is doing is different. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think I need to take away from myself or from my team. Mm -hmm. Some of the crazy ideas we've had, for example, you spoke about my party cactus. Yes. Cactus. Which grew, we should just let people know, it started in the UK. Yes. And I think you've just had your f- just, your second one in Yeah, Lagos? in Nigeria. So I yeah. literally just recently, a few weeks ago, I had Easter and it was crazy. Yeah. It was amazing. So Cactus came in the UK because I could not get a gig. You're kidding. I promise you. So yeah. I went to London and I really wanted to play Afrobeats. But this was a couple of years back before Afrobeats was what it was. And I would go to gigs and they would say, okay, cool, you can play a bit of hip hop. But we don't want any African music. And, you know, I did a few gigs. I'm not going to lie. You know. And then it got to the point where I started feeling very inauthentic. Mm. So I went to this venue and I said, oh, I would love to throw a party. You know, I got some partners together. Everything, you know, everything they require of you. And the minute I said that my crowd was African, it was like a no. And they went with another party that didn't even offer Mm. offer as much as I did. Mm. And that made me realize, wow, there's people actually blocking our culture mm. from that's insane. reaching its its yeah. heights so i decided to i was like you know what oh you don't want me to do your roof party i'm gonna make my own and it's phenomenal the way god works you know mm. now the same people are like oh can we partner on cactus it's amazing how it works so a lot of the things i've done a lot of the doors that have been open for me have been through disappointments, mm. you know? And you've had quite a few disappointments, um, oh. which people don't know about. Oh. I, if, I, if it's okay that I share of the, course, the Budweiser do. one. Yes. So I remember you were I really excited. You to say you I was upset, yeah. to say that you were upset. Um, yeah. And that was just, maybe I'll let you tell the story. Yeah, so I had an amazing opportunity um, with, well, you've said the brand name, with Budweiser to do an influential deal to travel the world as yeah. a DJ. And I was really excited, had the contracts, everything. This was uh, only like three years ago. And it was actually, I know they're doing amazing things in Africa now, but Mm. this was an international campaign. That was before they'd actually hit the continent. Yeah. So it was coming from America and they emailed, after we've planned everything, they emailed me back saying, so actually we sent my, I think we sent my passport for the flights Mm. and they emailed us back saying, Kapi is 24 years old. This can't work. Yeah. You're not allowed yeah. to advertise an alcohol brand if you're not 25. And it's almost like my heart just mm. sunk. Yeah. I thought, wow, what is going on? I mm. I had this whole plan. This was going to be my big international break. you know. But I like to, you know, obviously move forward and yeah. say some pretty cool stuff has happened. Yeah. You know, I've been a Pepsi ambassador for two years since then. And, you know, I've, I've worked with several other brands and now I'm at least 25. So now so it's like, okay, guys, now nothing you can is take stopping me seriously. Me. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, again, it's like when one door closes, another opens, mm-hmm. you know, even let's be honest, cause, you know, again, this is you. Um, you know, even with Copy Takes Africa, that mm-hmm. was a big challenge yeah, for me. Yeah. You know, shout out to you, Leslie. You were on the phone with me at <laughs> God knows what time. I was like, Leslie, this is impossible. Mm-hmm. You're like, we're going to figure out. Because you helped me a lot with it after it was kind of shot. And there was a lot of stuff. And, you know, even though you said that, you literally were also one of the producers, essentially, because you were able to get me my platform and also structure it for me. Because 
um, you know, we're all learning. Mm. TV was something I didn't know about. And it actually, you know, at some point it was one of the most viewed shows, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It, it was. really did so well. I mean, you know, <laughs> with all of that, I guess it's, um, there's two types of people in the world. There's one, uh, you know, and this is a broad generalization, who when challenges come, it's like they get stuck in that moment. And then there are others who just keep going. So with regards to, um, with, with just with all of that, what, what kind of keeps you motivated to keep going? Cause I literally, for all the time I've known you, I'd never actually heard you like sad. It's so weird <laughs> to even say sad and copy in the same sentence. But the day you were talking about the Budweiser, I literally thought to myself, I'm like, Oh my gosh. This, I'm this like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, this is not the copy I know, you know? So what, what is it that keeps you pushing and going forward? Um, yeah. Where that's, um, concerned? that's a really good question. You know, I believe that, um, you know, not to go too much into religion, but, you know, when you feel like you have been chosen for a certain position in mm-hmm. your life and it's your calling, you just learn to go with the ropes, you mm-hmm. know? So if the same scenario happened again now that I'm more comfortable and confident, you know, I probably wouldn't be as sad, but all those situations have strengthened me. Mm-hmm. And Honestly, we probably have to catch up as well off air. Yes, definitely. We Worst have things have happened since then. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Doors have closed. Yeah. Doors have been bolted, mm-hmm. i.e. Cu- Someone said to me, Copy, you will never be booked for this festival ever. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, we need to chat about that. Yeah. Um, a couple of people, you know, things have really happened and I've had to really, you know, trust the fact that I'm going on this journey mm-hmm. and trust the fact that there is a process and there's someone mm. behind it who is God for me. Mm. You know, we all have to learn to be fluid. And, you know, as I'm getting older and you've obviously, you're much more mature than me, but you realize that you just have to trust the yeah. process. Mm. And honestly, I was saying earlier um, to someone, I could literally be making more money than I make if mm-hmm. I, you know, let's keep it 100. I literally have a very successful family. My dad mm-hmm. is very entrepreneurial. I could work with my dad. I'd probably make a lot more money and have a lot mm-hmm. more sleep. But I You're love, like, I have a lot more sleep. <laughs> I love what I do. Yeah. You know, it's like you, yeah. why have you been in entertainment and media for so many years? You have so many options, mm-hmm. but you love what you do. So it's not about money. Mm-hmm. Money is not the motivation here. It's passion. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to take my passion and turn into a profession Mm. you know it's great having a passion but you can't sit at home hungry with no roof over your head so you have to get that balance Mm. and there's some days you wake up and you're like yes i love what i do and i'm sure you agree there's some days you're like some days when it's like four i want to i want to change my my career so you know i think it's important because of social media i get so worried leslie that sometimes you know we're we're creating this fake facade and that's why i i you know anyone that follows me on instagram will know that I'm also very, I like to be human. Mm. You know, for every super glam picture, there's me without makeup. Mm. There's me dancing, being silly. I don't think I'm the best dancer in the world. I don't think I'm the best singer in the world. There's me learning things because self-development is important. Yeah. I, I mean, what do you think? Because obviously you've seen social I mean, media change over the time. Yeah, I, I think definitely, like I feel as though social media has cre- has created this world where people forget, number one, the essence of hard work. Mm-hmm. And then number two, there's such a high level of... um 
sort of entitlement from people and this whole thing of paying their dues people kind of forget about that you know so I do think that definitely what you're saying and then also just being in the front line it's one thing to be to be in the front line now I mean I actually think I heard it was Beyonce who made the comment mm. um, and she said that if she had come up on a show like Idol she never would have made it mm-hmm. because it's so much and yeah. now it's even worse, worse you know course. so now I wasn't I actually wasn't going to ask you anything about your dad and your family because I know you know, it's like, I feel that it's sometimes it's, I know that you're really proud of your family. You have a close-knit family. I've been able to meet with your mom of and have course. a lovely dinner <laughs> and everything. I know all that. But I also know that, unfortunately, people sometimes, um, you know, you're talking about doors opening, but it's been the reason why a lot of doors have shut in your face because of who your father is. You know, can I just say, balance. you're like the first person, I think, to recognize that. Mm. You know, I I get asked every day, oh, you know, when I'm trying to, give people some advice and, Mm. you know, basically explain to them what I've been saying, which is turning your passion into a profession. They're like, oh, easy for you, copy. Mm. But actually, to be honest, honestly, I feel like as a woman, as a woman of color, as a young person, then, you know, with my family background, I have to work three times as hard to prove half as much. I still, to this day, have people that think I cannot DJ. Isn't that mm, insane? I know. If yeah. my career like was your father's based, not the is not there when you're playing. No, a and if it's I like, if my career was based upon all the doors he opened for me and just purely my network and connections, would I still be doing what no. I'm doing now? Would I still be able to grow mm. what I'm doing? It's not just you know you open a door, but it's about execution. Mm. Okay, we gave Copy an opportunity. What did she do with the opportunity? Mm. Did she deliver? Mm. And I think that everyone has doors, some bigger than others, mm. but it's about what we do with those doors. Mm, definitely. And, you know, um, I actually remember, and I think that this is possibly where I can say that you're 100% your mom's daughter and 100% <laughs> your dad's daughter. Um, because I remember, obviously, you know, your dad, his business was doing very well and then he pretty much tanked and he rebuilt himself yes and then your mom when we're having uh, the dinner the one time um she i'm saying the one time like having all the time <laughs> this one time um she spoke about how she came from such a background with such poverty that yes. she's even worried now yes at this stage in her life so she's very entrepreneurial 100%. so from 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 that perspective what is it that you soak in the most from your mom and from your dad that perhaps people would not know because I feel like that story with your mom is something that people don't actually absolutely and I think even with my father Mm. you know I I remember growing up before my dad owned his business Mm. so I'm very lucky to have parents that are super super inspiring my dad still wakes up in the morning goes to his office Mm. still to today And so who am I not to, you know? Mm. It's phenomenal. I love uh, Burner Boy's record, Dangote, which yes. is really saying like Dangote is still looking for money. Yeah. And that's yeah. someone that doesn't necessarily have mm. to. So it's this idea of not getting comfortable. Mm. And I feel like a lot of my peers, mm. you know, you know a lot of the young ones in our industry. You've seen us grow. And what I'm finding is that there's a lack of work ethic. It's like, once you've done that, it's like I my debut single was really, really successful. Green, Green light, light featuring yes. techno. Yes. And I, I could have just kind of left it there, mm-hmm. you know. But I decided I want to do more and mm-hmm. more. I want to push more and more. So for me, it's about taking things to the next level. That's what it really is about. Mm-hmm. It's about fulfilling this. I don't know what it is, but I have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's about getting closer and closer to that. Yeah, definitely. And then when it comes to making decisions... um. 
as to what deals you're going to go with, what deals you're not going to go yes. with. You know, how do you go about doing it? Um, you know, because I know there was a show in the UK, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, that had approached you and your sister yes, to be a part a of big, it. Yes, a very big show. Yeah, yes. and you literally asked me about it yeah. and you ended up not, because no. when you asked, I was in my mind, I was thinking, no, no. you guys should really yeah. not do it. Yeah. And it was a really huge opportunity and, and it wasn't chop change actually. at yeah. all. Yeah. yeah, it was real. So how do you know when to say yes, when to say no? Because that's the decision that I feel that, um, that as as young African that young African women who are listening can also try to know the difference, you know, how to go through that process of elimination, when to say yes, when to say no, and when to proceed. I mean, that's that's so important to bring up, Leslie, because every day in our life we have to make decisions, mm-hmm. whether or not we like them, and if we don't do anything, the decision is made for us. Mm-hmm. You know, so this idea of It is risky and I've been in very tough situations and I'm thinking about what you just said, which is true. Mm. Part of me was tempted to take that opportunity. But what happens is you have that support system, Mm. you know, and you are one of many people I asked. Mm. And there's certain things, you know, that you just need to clarify with certain people, Mm. you know, because yes, I have that voice in my head telling me I'm destined for greatness Mm. and that, you know, my opportunity is coming, but sometimes that voice gets quiet and it needs to be amplified by those Mm. around you. To be honest, I had some people that were saying I should do it. Mm. And I had some people saying I shouldn't do it. So what it is, is that we go and we try and learn the, learn the good from people, leave the bad. So Mm. someone like you that was experienced in that field, Mm. I decided to talk to, Mm. um, now, not everyone has uh, Leslie on the hotline. Um, and so I would always say, go with your heart. Mm. And yes, everything else was making sense. The money, the exposure. Mm. You know, I probably, I don't know where I have been now. Probably on this front page of some magazine for breaking up mm. with someone, which I don't want to be known for. Mm. But point is that, you know, that genuine intuition you have tends to be right Mm. and you know something felt off about it because had it been you know it's like i didn't necessarily you know call you and say oh should i take a samsung deal yeah or you know it was a it was (laughs) hey leslie signed this you know so when i'm unsure there's usually uh there's usually a reason yeah and so now um what i something else i think is so awesome is that and i'm kind of curious to know how it is that you maneuvered this so there was a time you were at nyu right yes and so you were doing your masters in music yes and but at the same time you were doing all of this other stuff and at the same time you were interning at rock nation and I was at the same the- time you were like happy and living your life so <laughs> i want to know what the craziest way is that you were able to kind of because you had to skip classes some of the time i did absolutely so, and uh, actually funny enough i was nyu's alumni of the year last year oh, yeah thank you because yeah. of what i've done for mm. the industry um in terms of African music. So, yeah, so I'm going to review. Yeah, so I had NYU. I was a full-time master student. I had gigs around the world. I yeah, had to go I from Lagos that. to Lagos, Lagos yeah. to London. I was on Charlemagne's MTV show. Yes. And I was interning at Rock Nation. Um, and then I was being a young 24-year-old in New York. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how did I do that? Things got crazy. Mm. Um, and... You know, looking back at that time, I don't know. For example, I I I graduated with a merit. That's awesome. Yeah, but I could have graduated mm. with a distinction. Mm. Um, Rock Nation, I helped them set up their African um, their African subsidiary, but I could have probably been more involved. Mm-hmm. 
gigs I did, but I had a few performances where I wasn't prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, the MTV show with Charlemagne. To be fair, I, I did pretty well there, but there were days when I just wasn't available because I didn't plan ahead. Mm. So what I'm trying to explain is that I did everything, but perhaps I didn't do everything to its full potential. Because mm. what happens is we end up getting stretched. Mm. So now, I know you probably won't believe me, guys, but I actually try to focus on certain things. Okay. So right now, um, I think philanthropy and music is my priority. Mm. Um, and I try and really excel in those mm. departments. Um, but yeah, it does get crazy. But when you're young, that's really when to try it. That's when you try it. You know, so yeah. yes, I know I didn't. I said to my parents, I said, I'm sorry, I didn't get a distinction, but mm. I got a merit. Mm. Let's keep it moving. Mm. It's better than not yeah. getting anything. So I think you also have to be realistic. Mm. You know, same thing is, you know, I, when Charlemagne kindly asked me on his MTV show, I was like, okay, I'm a full-time student. I can do some, but I can't do some. So I think it's also being realistic mm. and uh, I always make time for me time. Mm. I'm a me time person. Yeah. Um, I have i don't know. I think I've just been born with this personality that is very extroverted. Mm-hmm. And I actually like hanging out with myself, if that yeah. makes sense. I'm um, exactly the same too. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for me, like, you know, I had moved to a city, New York. You know, I we you and I have hung out in New York mm. a few times. Um, I had a beautiful place. You came from my housewarming. Yes, where you actually threw me a surprise birthday party. And it was party. your birthday party yeah. and you looked very shocked. I was so shocked. I yeah, was like, we I were thought there. we were going to your launch. I remember we I'm were like- there with T.R. Savage and wow, what a throwback. But anyway, yeah. so point is that, you know, but I, I also got homesick. So I mm. think I decided to keep myself busy. Mm. Um, but I have to say, you know what? Let me be honest as, as you know, my African sisters are listening to me there's always an opportunity cost, right? Mm. So no one has it all. And I feel like often, I don't know if you agree, like there's this perception that Kapi's life is perfect. Yes. You know, I, and I, I actually really, have I've had people say that to me. And it really isn't. Yeah. Like most mm. of the time, I'll be honest with you, my personal life is a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. So it does come at a cost. And mm. people need to understand that all it means is that you just have to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Right now, my work is the most important thing to mm-hmm. me. It may not be forever. So it's just where you're at. Don't you agree? Yeah. You just, you have to just... Yeah, um, different. I think it was Michelle Obama who said it so well. She said that, she she was quoted as saying something along the lines that, you know, people are told that you can do everything and have everything at the same time and you actually can't. You've got to eventually find a balance. So th- I think that there is a time and season where you do everything and then afterwards you're like, okay, I've done it, but let me be more focused. 100%. Yeah. So I'm getting into that place, but I'm still a little bit like all over the place. Mm. I mean... But that's just, I go with how I feel. I wake up in the morning and go, I go with how I feel mm. because honestly, every single precious day can't be given back. And there's no, Leslie, there's no feeling I hate more than regret. Yeah, uh, exactly. It feels so bad. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm like, oh, I should have. And I told myself, you know what? I'm not going to. Mm. I, too many times I wanted to say something. Or I wanted to ask something. Or I wanted to do something and I never did. Mm. I know you're probably looking at me like, uh, you're like 25. But... <laughs> You know, you know, I've lived life a bit and now I go with my feeling. Yeah. So now your philanthropy work, I'm really, I mean, this is one of the things that I'm the most proud of you for. Oh, thank you. I think it's so awesome um, because you're tangibly doing stuff. And as you mentioned off air, like I was so surprised. Yeah. So I'll I'll tell you more about that. that So I started the, so I, what, 
It's very interesting. Um, I used to engage casually with, on in philanthropy and, um, you know, I started just supporting people. Mm. And then, um, especially for me, education is so important and so are young women. Mm. Because no matter how talented I have or how many resources I have, I could not be sitting with you confidently here if I wasn't educated. Mm-hmm. Education gives you power and it gives you confidence to basically do what you want to do and have mm-hmm. an opinion. Mm-hmm. So I would support one or two people here and there, you know, in Nigeria. And then um, a couple of people started hearing about the work I did. And I was particularly helping those with disabilities and those in the, trying to study music and creativity. And um, I think the first thing I did, I used to engage with different charities, but I got asked to be a global citizen ambassador. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, that was like two years ago. Yes. And that was amazing. So... You know, I get a phone call like, would you love to engage more in education? I was like, yes. They're like, okay, we'd love you to work alongside our other ambassadors for education. I was like, great. You know, I was like, oh, who are the other ambassadors? They're like, oh, Rihanna. You're like, like, "Uh, "Uh." hello. And then the next day I was on a flight to Dakar at the um, GP conference speaking on education. And that was, there was a viral video of me teaching President Macron of France and President Saul of Dakar how to DJ. And it's amazing because just before that, we had had a very intimate conference about how we can make education more accessible to Mm. young women. So that was really my first time. So then I guess after that sort of exposure, I then had so many people hit me up saying, Copy, can you help me? Can you help me? And um, to be honest, it was more my team pressuring me that we need mm. a structure in place because mm. I'm such a loving soul. Mm. If you literally come up to me and say you want to go to school, I can't say no. Mm. So I needed to also, you know, do things in the right way. So I partnered up with um, Nikki Laoye Foundation and also Uni Lag University of Lagos. Mm. And I decided every year I would have some sort of um, endowment that allows 10 students awesome. to go to university mm. and I pay for their full fees, everything. So after after that came the copy foundation and amazingly um i get approached by save the children who i had previously volunteered for saying they really 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 want to do real work in africa now save the children is a huge organization it's literally top three in the world mm. but you see they were missing the authenticity of africans also mm. guiding because it's great to raise money but who's on ground you know who's who's shaping what we're raising Mm -hmm. money for. So they decided to create this amazing board of authentic Mm -hmm. Africans. So like you said, um, I'm the youngest on the board. I'm the only entertainer on the board. And we have the likes of um, Sophie Lam, who's a QC. We have um, the sixth president of of Mauritius, Mm -hmm. who's Dr. Amina. Um, We have, who else we have? We have um, um, so many people. Paul, who... Paul works for Vannin Capital. We have Owen, who is head of the International um, Arbitration Center. I mean, some really exciting people. And, you know, I'm sitting there and it's amazing to hear, for them to listen to my opinion. Mm -hmm. So fundraising and philanthropy has become a big thing for me because, you know, I'm looking around the room like, okay, you guys are paying money to see Cuppy perform. Why don't you pay money to see Cuppy perform? 
but it's going towards a big cause. Mm. So this is what I really want to do long term mm. because I believe that Leslie, there can be more copies. Definitely. And not everyone will have the support I have. So I need to try that. Yeah. So my dream, I haven't really shared this with anyone, but I would love to open a creative school. Oh, I think that is so Cuppies good. Copies Creative yeah. College. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I think you definitely should do that. Okay. So here's my question. When you think of the term Africa state of mind, right? And obviously you were, you were in New York, um, for, for a little bit of time and everything. How would you define that to somebody who's not from the continent? Oh, that's a really good question. And mm. I know that's what this whole show mm. is conceptualized on. Um, Africa state of mind for me means versatile, progressive, dynamic, innovative, mm-hmm. vibrant, mm-hmm. fast moving. It's a mentality that cannot be rigid, mm-hmm. you know, has to be very fluid because that's the, the way our continent is and has always been. Yes. We've always been very dynamic. And, you know, anyone that's not open minded couldn't really have an African state of mind at all. <laughs> at all. Yeah. You know, you need to be ready to move with the times. You need mm-hmm. to be able to pick, um, keep your pace. And you also need to be very strategic mm-hmm. because this continent is still where people have been able to make a lot of amazing success stories mm-hmm. and it's still going on. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like if you do the right thing, whichever that is, if you're rightly positioned, if you're smart about it, there's a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. here and not the rest, not a lot of the rest of the world is still like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people talk about Africa being untapped. I don't think it's necessarily untapped. I think that just people aren't necessarily moving smart always. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been so many female DJs before me and there still are and there, there'll be more to come. But I'm just moving smart. Mm. You know, that's the difference between a copy and another one that mm. isn't maybe as successful. We probably have the same skill set or actually, you know what? I'm not the best DJ in the world. Even with my music, I don't have the best voice in the world. But it's the way in which you're moving. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about being strategic. Yeah. So... To have an African mindset, you've got to be ready to put your brain to work. Definitely. And think outside the box. And then real quick, because um, when we spoke to Banky, and it's, it's been something that's come through from a lot of different people. So this whole idea about um, when you have, um, I, I don't want to say popularity, but when you have influence, right? What you do, that influence. Do you think that as people within the continent, and specifically if you're like a musician, you know, that you should be, that everybody should expect you to talk about what's going on politically. Got it. Um, so that's a really interesting question because it comes up very often internationally. You know, as someone in a position of influence, am I supposed to be a role model? Mm-hmm. Am I supposed to voice my opinions? Um, and I think that with being in the public eye comes with a certain responsibility. And quite often influence influence is abused Mm -hmm. and so we do have to make sure it's our responsibility to um we can we can voice out how we feel but Mm -hmm. we mustn't cloud people from thinking freely Mm -hmm. music is so powerful especially in nigeria i mean music is phenomenal Mm -hmm. so we have to understand that People can, there's also the good side of music and the bad side. So I think that, you know, you said you spoke to Banky W. It's so interesting, his story, having gone into politics. Now, I've always decided to be politically neutral um, because I've always felt like 
you know, I've been politically, politically neutral publicly. But for example, everyone knows it's no secret. I voted mm-hmm. in the Nigerian elections because I thought that was my civil duty to mm-hmm. do so. Now, I didn't go on Twitter and talk about who I voted yes. for because I also think everyone has a right. I would hate for... You shouldn't D- be yeah, influencing... Yeah, DJ yeah, Kapi shouldn't determine who your president is. You should determine who your president is. Yeah. So for me, it's a middle ground with mm-hmm. that. Definitely. But Kapi, thank you so much. Thank you, you literally so much. are the definition of African excellence. <laughs> I think in like three years, your story is going to be even so much more advanced. Oh, like I ho- everything I hope that you've done is going to be like, oh, epic. I remember. I remember. Well, yeah. I hope that three years from now and way before then, we can sit down and talk Definitely. about and listen to this and enjoy yeah. it. Thank you so and much. And congratulations for, on everything. Thank you so much yeah. for being supportive from day one. And oh. make sure everyone, you keep that African mindset on lock. Definitely. Thank you so much. Head to lifepodcasts.fm to find out more on the positive changes people are making on the continent in Africa State of Mind. Subscribe to this podcast at lifepodcasts.fm or on your favorite podcast app. Subscribing to a live podcast is free.